right, friends. Greg Kokel here on Stand to Reason. Thank you so much for joining me. And, uh, you know, I continue to be amazed. Um, I know this is going to sound trite, but I'll flesh it out in a minute so it'll be a little fresh for you. At the amazing things that God is doing in the world. All right. Now, I say that because, you know, sometimes it's easy to get discouraged. You feel like Elijah, you know, they're in First Kings 19, and he makes the trek down south to Sinai. He's all depressed, and he says, oh, Lord, I'm the only one who's left, you know. Well, he wasn't the only one who's left. God had many that he had preserved there in Israel. But sometimes when we're doing our thing for the Lord, trying to, you know, be faithful and be productive for the kingdom, um, it, if we have an organization or not, whatever it is that we're doing, sometimes it, it it feels like we're all alone, and not a lot's happening. We're looking at the culture, and it seems like it's looming so large. And what happens for me is because I get a chance to travel around, I run across these enterprises that I had never even heard of before. And it happens all the time with me. About 10 years ago, I was in Chicago, and I was invited to do this uh, businessmen's breakfast for a group pinnacle forum. I'd never heard of them before. But they were kind of captains of industry in Chicago, and it's one of those things you get up at O'Dark 30 and you <laughs> talk when you're still half asleep kind of thing. But these guys are up because they're out, ready to go to work. But uh, I was so amazed at that enterprise. I said, wow, I've never heard of this before. Well, tell me about Pinnacle Forum. And he said, we have a Pinnacle Forum in every one of the top 50 cities in the United States of America. That whole big giant thing that they've been doing totally missed me. And that's kind of the the, the point of this little, little encouragement here and also of having my guest on uh, for a bit here at the beginning of the show to let you know that you're not alone, that there are all kinds of things all over the country, all over the world that God is doing in enterprises that you know nothing about. You're not alone, even though you don't know. They're out there. And I stumbled on one of those organizations quite by chance in the summer when I was in Dayton, Ohio. And uh, the I was at an event in Dayton and, and I can't even remember exactly how it happened, but, you know, sometimes they have special presentations of local enterprises that are going on. And I ran into Tara Schwartz, and she gave a presentation. So I've asked her of this organization, LifeWise Academy. So I've asked Tara to come on the show just for, for a short bit and tell us about it. And I'm so glad you could join me today, Tara. Thanks so much. Thank you for... <laughs> inviting me. You're, you're <laughs> it was welcome. A shock and surprise. Yeah, well, I know that you're not the normal representative for LifeWise, okay? It's a larger mm -hmm. organization that you're a part of, and um, I guess I, I, I'm not sure if you're a chapter director. You could explain that, but when you described what LifeWise was and, uh, and how it operated, I was so amazed at the cleverness of the whole thing, especially the way the founders— um, took advantage of a kind of idiosyncrasy in the laws of the state of Ohio that made it possible for you guys to take school children in public schools and in a very unique kind of way educate them about the Bible. So, uh, Tara, can you just give us a, a thumbnail sketch of, you know, what that law was and how, when LifeWise started, 
they began to take advantage of it and how that developed a little bit. Give us a picture of that event. Yes, well, I just want to thank you for the Dayton apologetics. Um, Andy White actually invited me to the event you were That's um, right. at. So that gave me the platform um, to be here today. Uh-huh. So I really thank that organization partnering with them. Um, we are a Bible-based character education release time um, program. And we, Ohio, is just a revised code of what is already legal on a Supreme Court level. In 1952, the Supreme Court ruled that it is um, legal and and it is um, children, students, public school students are able to receive religious instruction during school hours. Huh. And that is the key um, phrase during school hours that we operate in. Um, when I came to the organization, actually found them only a year into play, the founder, Joel Penton, uh-huh. out of who was already had a well-established nonprofit organization that was in the schools doing character education through assemblies, kind of a national speaker level throughout um, the U.S., his vision has always been to reach the public school students across the nation. And when he got found out that his own hometown of Van Wert, Ohio, was actually optimizing, it was a it was a community that knew about the law, uh-huh. Supreme Court level, knew about the Ohio revised, what actually 28 states actually have a somewhat of a revised state code um, policy to allow this. But if it's legal and it is very impactful in Van Wert, the very first year they started in 2012, they had a 60% participation rate of the students enrolled in elementary. Oh grades my first goodness. 60% so of the students in the public school were able very, to participate. Very, yeah. Very first year of offering it like, Hey, maybe we'll get, you know, <laughs> half or 30% of these kiddos, but they second year by the year three, they were up to and still operating at a 95% participation rate. Oh my goodness. So that's when the founder was like, wow, my own hometown. Um, and his sister, Sarah Spath was director of this program. They were like, why aren't, if it's legal and it's impactful, why is it so uncommon Mm -hmm. among communities? Why are they not optimizing this? It's there's three criteria, the Ohio revised in most of the states. You have to operate off school property. Okay. To keep a unapologetic, gospel centered and character character focus. That's what we we rely on, a gospel centered and character focused uh-huh. education. We have to be off school property, okay. our classroom setting. And if we have parent permission from that student to be in our classroom, like come to us. And that's what the release time is. They're released during the school day to receive religious instruction. So it's a free market. Any religion can, you know, basically do this, but we're optimizing it. It's, you know, having a non-denominational curriculum, the gospel project, we partner with Lifeway to present, use their great curriculum already i've seen it and it's very sophisticated it's very thorough it's like turnkey and you mentioned that it's character 
centered, but you tie all the character elements. Uh, I had a chart. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, yes. What you do is you tie all the character elements to biblical passages, you know, and, and, and so it's, it's very well integrated with the scripture. And so that you can get the gospel out in a powerful way to these young people on school time. In, so our model of a plug and play, that's where LifeWise comes alongside communities because it is community driven. Right. I'm just a field representative in the Miami Valley. And I have like six counties that I can spread the word about this. Mm-hmm. So I joined right during the midst of the pandemic, 2020. Huh. And it was a little bit of a story that I shared with you of how, yes, we are we have a family of eight. So we have six. Children. Your own family. Have, yes. My husband and I um, have been married for 16 years uh-huh. and our oldest is um, 15 and our youngest is six. So they are all six in the public school setting, but we, the first three years we homeschooled them. Mm-hmm. I was a stay at home mom for 15 years. Um, but in 2020, it got us all readjusting priorities. Uh-huh. I saw my husband dig deep into the scriptures and his faith was, it inspired me mm-hmm. to be used by God. And just like you're saying of bloom where you're planted, I did not know being a at home, stay at home mom for 15 years. What, how could God use me? Right. I had a Christian ed education degree from Taylor university mm. and before I met my husband, I was actually teaching character education on an abstinence until marriage platform. And that was started, a nonprofit started by a mom who ended up going all the way to Washington, D.C. Valerie Huber was working Uh for the president on the abstinence education level um, for the nation. And I kind of was tutelage under her and Jan Seibel, Um, Some of my directors end up being assistant director at one point, but I was the boots on the ground in that ministry for Uh six years in the public school, in a health class, teaching why I was waiting until marriage. You know, Mm -hmm. I could tell these other kids to wait. (laughs) So I was already had my foot in the door with character education Uh before I was married. So I just tapped into all those connections again. And so in 2021, one of the former, um, you know, principal, I knew his community is only like a half an hour from me, mm-hmm. but they were the first target. I guess I had the biggest connection um, of a relationship already with some of the people in that community. You know, so that Newton schools. I was going to jump in Sorry. and say that. No, that's right. That, that just makes this point that you, you mentioned bloom where you're planted. And it's something that I've emphasized so many times off the air. We talked about it a little bit before the show. And um, and what you did is you took one opportunity and you bloomed there because that's the opportunity that you had, and you flourished in that, and that represented kind of a stepping stone to this next incredible opportunity, LifeWise Academy, which, uh, you know, I'm, st- I, I, I'm still, I kind of want to go back to some of the details there because I don't want people to miss this. I don't know how I missed it. I mean, 1952 was two years after I was born. So for 70 years now, it has been legal under a certain particular set of circumstances to educate public school kids 
in religious training. And if you're a Christian and this is what you're offering, it's going to be Christian training if you do it off campus and if you have the parents' permission. And, and uh, there was a third privately category. Privately funded. Privately funded. Okay, that was number three yeah, I was going so to we, ask you. We do not want to accept any government funding course, right. um, for this character education um, th- with release time because we want to give, I mean, our vision as a organization is to reach the unchurched. Right. Um, to plant that seed of truth. Right. We right. feel like there's enough um, battles, um, cultural um, wise, that there's a lot of lies going through that filter mm-hmm. of the public school system. But in my area, it's a rural area. So you would think it would be somewhat easy. People would be, it would, it, it was a challenge. My first year of serving, I was actually, I am the missionary mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I had to raise my own support right. and to be able to serve the community and that took a good year. <laughs> sure. I, I, just... I understand how that works here at Stand to Reason. But, um, yeah. you know, I wish everybody could see your face. And the reason is, is a lot of people might watch the video, whatever it, it's downloaded. But you talk about your kids and your face lit up. You talk about LifeWise, your face lit up. I mean, it's obvious that you are really, gosh, for lack of a letter, better way of putting it, in love with what you are doing to reach these public school kids for the gospel and to plant those seeds in your education. So just to so everybody understands, you're making the point that the Supreme Court made a decision that made this legal everywhere, even though some states have kind of added to it, 28 I think you mentioned, in their state um, legislation that opened, that makes it more, more precise in their state legislation, this opportunity you're describing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So, so in the state of Ohio, most of the school systems already have it in their, it's buried in their board docs of a, they've, it's been accepted to adopt, they have the release time approval um, policy. So we're just coming along, kind of knocking on those doors, the community saying, hey, you have a policy already on your books. So we want to be that program of release time. So does this catch these educators by surprise, like they're thinking, we never heard of this. This seems illegal to us. And we put the lid on religion right. for a long time. So how do they react when you tell them? Well, um, there's mixed views of it, but they're at a point where they're being asked to do way more than they've ever been asked to do since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So they are just like, they are almost smiling as much as me saying, oh my goodness, someone cares about us to come alongside because they are doing more than teaching academics. Hmm. Um, that alone, I mean, test scores, I mean, they're already, there's a lot of, they feel behind already mm-hmm. yeah. to teach the mental health and all sure. the other things that components that come with it. So we are instruction too. It's not a, it's a class that we are, the students are coming to us. Um, but they are not having to be, it's almost like a safe zone, um, where we can teach them a Bible based character Uh education. So we're just utilizing what's always been there, but a great opportunity for faces they see every day. It's community members. So I'm actually gathering those people, recruiting Hmm. certain people to be involved and showing them how easily it can be done. Uh Just like today, 
taking an administrator, a superintendent, just when they come and see the classroom, it's not as it's more doable than they think. They get in their minds that there's this logistics that has to be thought out. And we do provide that. Mm -hmm. We've thought of every question they have. We have an answer. And if we don't have an answer yet. We're going to come up with one. So just to be clear, um, you mentioned this had to be off campus. So that means you guys provide transportation. I remember seeing a picture of a bus in, that said LifeWise. Provides, you provide the transportation yeah. and the location. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So this is the communities owning this. Basically, they are the ones that are going to serve those public school students. So they're purchasing, whether it be business owners, churches, they're all coming together. We will not present to a a school until we have at least three churches involved. Uh That means by lay people, pastors, elders, um, we don't begin that launch until we have a good community resources. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to drain one person's pots or well, we, we have many wells coming to the table and that brings when the, when the um, school administrators, see how many churches are involved by the representation of our steering committee, Uh that builds credibility that, wow, this is going to be sustainable because it's not just the church that's always served our students Mm -hmm. um, of trying to tap in after school programs or whatever it is. We're providing, we're unifying the community in all areas Mm, from churches, mm. people, businesses, it's so amazing. all the resources are being used to serve these students, but it's more than what we get out of it is more than just this once a week yeah. class. Yeah, it, it's so amazing, and I, I kind of caught your your fervor for it when you gave the presentation there in Dayton, and I see your face now, and I, I'm just thinking of all the possibilities here, um, and that what's so cool is that. Um, LifeWise Academy has worked out all the details, getting local buy-in like you've just described, providing curriculum and all that. If somebody somewhere listening, whatever state they're in, uh, is interested in maybe making something like this happen in their community, what's the best uh, best way for them to step forward with that? Go to your website, contact you guys. How does that work? LifeWiseAcademy.org. That will get you to the national site, but you can click on the toolbar to find your school. When we have 50 signatures, that begins, that's the first step that begins the process. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I go to the, I, I go serve the biggest fire. And that means community voices saying we would love to see a oh, Bible-based man. education in our school. So I come alongside, um, LifeWise will um, provide training equip any kind of tools, we'll come up with it to give that entry point into the during the school hours to get on the school schedule. That is our to get an acknowledgement from the school. Right. That's that's our win. So um, so is this like a one hour chunk out of the day, kind of like a study hall, it, but they do the study hall at your location and the material you provide and then you bring them back. Is that how it yeah, works? It's usually during, we cannot affect any core classes. So the Ohio's law allows us 60 minutes, but we don't get on a school schedule always at 60 minutes. Some of the shortest class times are like 25 minutes. Uh-huh. Um, and that inc- 
includes you have to figure out even the transportation or the walking or getting them there. Mm -hmm. We utilize most teachers will travel along on that bus ride Mm -hmm. um, or walk with them to just begin the classes as soon as they're released from the school building to our volunteers. So So whatever it is, we'll come up with a plan. Um, My little second grader, the reason why I was all in is because our kids are in the public school system. And I thought my school, my, I thought our school would jump on it first, but they didn't. Uh-huh. I had to wait two years for it. But we have over 140 some students in just our little public school uh-huh. building. And this is my little second grader. Oh, nice picture. Oh, that's great. This, you know, oh, that's great. How many, so how, correct. with LifeWise in general now, how many schools have LifeWise around the country? Or maybe it's just Ohio. No, I don't know the expansion of LifeWise. How many schools have programs operating like what you just described, LifeWise programs? So when I found LifeWise and this opportunity to serve, um, there was only about eight schools that they were in. And within one year, we expanded it to a um, 20, about 30-some schools, Hmm. 36 but the multiplication began very last year. So even in my area with one school um, approval of Newton schools, we have now in the Miami Valley around Dayton, we have about 10 schools mm-hmm. doing this. So in one year's time, there was like nine school approvals. Wow. That's, that that's was, the bright side of the uh, the COVID mess, right? Well, it's amazing. But nationally nationally we have over 130 schools so in my little area yes blooming it just continues to bloom because the word's getting out you're like the epicenter of this whole enterprise that's that's so great look at tara uh, thank you so much for uh, spending some time here, coming on the air and talking about the program Uh, the website once again lifewiseacademy.org Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. And if they want to reach out to me, is Tara, T-A-R-A, at LifeWiseAcademy.org. Okay, and that's L-I-F-E-W-I-S-E, LifeWise, okay, Wise. all one word, yeah. And um, okay. But it's, it to me, it's not, like I mentioned at the beginning, Tara, it's not just the, um, it's not just the enterprise that you're involved in, it's just the, it's the cleverness that somebody had to see this opportunity and to leverage that into this wonderful enterprise. And my encouragement to the rest of the people listening is you never know what's out there, what kind of um, a gilded edge there is to a bad situation, like, for example, in the COVID, that made this really take off, you know, and God uses these crazy awful things to make magnificent things out of them. And then to see you step up, uh, the way you used it, uh, the the phrase you used, Tara, was, uh, I saw an opportunity to serve. Yeah, I love that. An opportunity to serve. And they're there, friends, um, if you just step up. And maybe it's just a small thing, but you never know when the small thing is going to lead to something larger and that to something larger. And by the way, if it's just a small thing and that's where you stay, that's okay, too. Because that's still God's business. The key here, blooming where you're planted. And Tara, you did a great job. Thank you for coming on board with us today. Thank you for inviting me. All right. That's LifeWise Academy. Tara Schwartz doing a great job there. Thank you. And uh, LifeWiseAcademy.org. We'll take a break and come back with your calls on Stand to Reason.
What if I'm wrong? Have you ever asked yourself that question? There are times when we feel confident about our convictions, but there are other times, if we're being honest, when we encounter doubts that leave us wondering if we got it all wrong. This has caused many to deconstruct their faith. If you can't give a why to your faith, you won't be able to give a why not to your doubts. In other words, if you don't have a Christianity anchored in what's true, you will always be at the mercy of your doubts. That's why we're excited to announce this year's Reality Conference. Our theme is Seek and You Will Find. We will equip students to navigate their doubts by seeking answers to their toughest questions. Because when you seek answers, you find truth. It's time to examine the foundations of our faith because a strong faith requires a strong foundation. Join us at one of this year's Reality Student Apologetics Conferences. For more information, visit realityapologetics.com. As a high school teacher, I always had a red pen close at hand. When I wasn't in front of my students teaching a lesson, you could find me assessing assignments, grading essays, and evaluating exams. The red pen played a crucial role in the educational development of my students. With it, I questioned their assumptions, exposed their errors, and challenged them to think critically. You see, a good teacher doesn't merely tell his students that they're wrong. A good teacher shows his students why they're wrong so they don't make the same mistakes twice. He corrects because he cares. Last year, I was scrolling through social media, and frankly, I was discouraged at all the bad thinking that undergirded much of what I was reading. Then it hit me. What if someone applied the red pen to this flawed thinking? And red pen logic with Mr. B was born. In the last few months, Red Pen Logic has grown in popularity. Through our engaging and shareable educational graphics and videos, we are helping people, especially young people, assess bad thinking by using good thinking. And we have a lot of fun in the process. So here's your homework assignment. Like the Red Pen Logic Facebook page so you don't miss our next graphic. And subscribe at the Red Pen Logic YouTube channel so you don't miss a single video. Class dismissed. All right, friends, Greg Kokel here, back with you uh, on Stand to Reason. My number, 855-243-9975. That's the number you can call during the live show, and that would be Tuesdays from 4 until 6 p.m. Los Angeles time, 855-243-9975. And uh, if you're watching live via streaming, which some of you are doing. Uh, Of course, you can call me now. And uh, if not, you can (laughs) wait until I'm on, and you can call and get on board. You can also call in for open mic, what we call open mic calls, and uh, that's simply calling in anytime you want and leaving your question live with a recording so that uh, when I have showtime, we can integrate your calls in with the other calls as well. And sometimes these are really important, by the way, these open mic calls, because sometimes I just can't make it to a show. I got a schedule event. I got some 
you know, medical, whatever. Um, and so what we do is we take your open mic calls and we make a show out of those. And I just do that show off schedule. So those are really important. Okay. You can go to um, str.org, our homepage, and then under podcasts and then under live broadcasts, you'll see the opportunity for doing that. Push the button, record it through your computer if you like. Keep the questions short, a minute or so, kind of hopefully at a max. But um, you can also just dial it up, and the number is 857-DIAL-STR or 857-342-5787, and then leave your question there. It's a great benefit for us to be able to have that information. Um, and uh, it, it likely later in the show, we'll get to some of those calls as well. I just want to underscore this uh, this wonderful enterprise that uh, Tara Schwartz is involved with LifeWise Academy. Uh, again, it's almost too good to be true, isn't it? it that, like, really? In 1952, the United States Supreme Court said it's okay to take students off campus in a privately funded religious training as long as they have parents' permission and for, what, an hour talk to them, teach them about religion, Christianity, character development, gospel-based instruction? Yes. And uh, like Tara described, there are some states who have reinforced and fortified that legislation by having legislation of their own. It just amazes me that uh, I never knew this myself. All these years, I never knew this. You get quite a different feeling coming from the public school system, okay? Uh, You try to have things on campus, then they won't let you have things on campus, and even when it's legal, then they you got to sue to make it happen. If they got other clubs, you can still you could also have a Christian club. But in any event, this one, since it's off campus, is not even a hassle. And LifeWise is an organization that has uh, leveraged this opportunity and developed a plan and a program and a curriculum, everything that's necessary um, for for a community to get involved with the process of biblical training during school time. So uh, just keep that in mind, lifewiseacademy.org. And also keep in mind the other point, and that is there's all kinds of things that God is doing. And it might be that you stumble upon an opportunity to be one of those things that God can do as you initiate something new that meets a need that speaks the truth to our culture in a way that is powerful and and uh, makes a difference. Okay, I guess kind of what happened with Standard Reason. Oh, almost 30, well, we're in our th- finishing up our 30th year or halfway through our 30th year. Our 30th anniversary is in May, of course, but, you know, there was, I, I had an opportunity or I was challenged to do something small, and I said, okay. And uh, when I say I was challenged, I had friends challenge me, and we got our heads together and made a plan and started off, and then God honored that, blooming where I was planted, and then that led to different things and bigger things, and I would never have imagined it would lead to what we're what we're experiencing now with Stand to Reason. So, anyway, let's go to the phones, and this is Wally in Culver City, right here in Southern California. Wally, welcome to Stand to Reason. 
Hi, Greg. Um, good to talk to you after a few years. <laughs> Have not. we we've met before? Oh yeah. Are I, you a pastor, or were a pastor? Yes, I'm a I'm a retired pastor. I live in Culver City, but I was your Pacific Palisades. Uh, yeah. Wally, when I saw yep. your name come up, it just said W A L L Y. I thought immediately of you. I can even picture uh, well, the inside of your church where I taught. And I think right. you came to an event and you brought your boy. Oh, we used to come down to the one at, uh, well, in the South Bay. Orange County? Monday nights, or oh. Monday nights in January stuff. Right. What well, that's at Hope it? Chapel at Hermosa Beach. Is that right? There you go. Yeah, that, that one. And I, I brought him uh, once he was old enough to appreciate them. And he got to hear Moreland and, you know, some right. of these other amazing people that... Yeah, that you hosted. We so, were yeah. we were reminiscing about that event recently. We called it the Masters Series of Masters, Christian Thought, there. right? That's it, You're right? Wally, it's so yeah. nice of you to call me again. Nice to chat with you. <laughs> well, I've I've been a long time supporter, and then my bank got taken over by another bank, and the uh, what the the way that happens automatically monthly got. Interrupted. Oh, so, okay. So yesterday I called in to clarify that and give new numbers, routing numbers. Oh, okay. So, so then I started. Well, I'm glad you're back on board. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. All right. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So what's on your mind today, Wally? Well, I, I did put a question in there. And again, whoever I talked to said that you would be able to see it. But it's about this. this this series of challenges to biblical values that have been happening all of our lives, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're about the same age, um, and it's like, you know, what could be next yeah. after getting young girls to remove their breasts uh. because they think they're boys, and the other, which I can't even say, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I share your, um, in a certain sense, surprise, and I've said this before uh, to audiences and even on the air, that, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, I described the changes that were happening in culture as a tsunami. And now, three or four years later, that tsunami looks like a shore break compared to what's happened (laughs) since, right? So it— it's it's just I can it get any worse and the answer is it can get a whole lot worse. I remember you know Christel knocked right the light of breaking glass when what is that 1938 or or so yeah. uh with the in Germany and all the the oppression that came upon Jews that night there was a you know an increase and acceleration of it uh with the Jews and I think people thought then I know they did because they said this how it, it can't get any worse than this. We, if we can survive, Kristallnacht, well, we'll we'll be okay. Well, it got a lot worse. Okay, now I'm not predicting something like that for the U.S. It, specifically like that, but what I'm saying is, 
when good people look at the kind of degradation and depravity in a culture, and we scratch our heads and we wonder, how could it get worse? Well, it can get a lot worse, and it can get a lot worse for us. Um, I don't know what's on the horizon. I never thought—honest to goodness, Wally, when uh, 2015, when uh, Obergefell was decided by the Supreme Court that made same-sex marriage basically the law of the land, I thought, okay, now they got it. Now things will settle down. And that's exactly when all of this gender dysphoria um, cause celebs, so to speak, started up. And um, I I think of these things from, you know, a spiritual perspective in a sense. Now, I'm not the kind of guy, and you've been around long enough to know this, I don't look at a, see a demon under every bush kind of thing. All right, I'm pretty, pretty, you know, feet on the ground kind of guy when it comes to that kind of thing. However, I'm, I take spiritual warfare seriously, and Ephesians 6 says that, God, that, uh, that the devil has schemes that we need to guard against and be prepared for and keep our armor on. That means he's got plans, and he's got machinations, right? So when I look at all of these things that are going on, what, what I see is an assault on the foundation that God set up in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Male, female, one man with one woman becoming one flesh for one lifetime. Okay, that's God's plan for human flourishing. The devil can't get at God, but he can get at God image bearers, right? And that's us. And uh, so it's in a certain sense, now I look at it, it all makes sense looking back, even though it caught me by surprise. And I think there's probably, we have not seen the end of this. In fact, I was talking to Os Guinness, what, two months ago? And he made the same comment. We haven't bottomed out in the sexual thing yet. There's a lot more variety on the sexual horizon that uh, that that uh, is before us, probably, before this thing bottoms out. So, uh, I mean, you've got all, all kinds of variations of marriage and stuff going on that that can begin expressing itself in culture. So, I, yeah, I, I guess you're right. Pardon me? I said, I guess you're... He's right. You're right. <laughs> uh... Well, you know, it, it's not as bad as it's been for most Christians in most places of the world for most of history. Well, you know, we, yeah. We've just had it really good for a long time. I think principally, Wally, because we've had uh, what they call hegemony. We, we've, our ideas have kind of been in charge for the last 200 years in the United States of America because our founders were committed to those ideas and they built it into our culture and into our legal system. But uh, ever since the 60s, especially, especially since the 60s, there's been a radical erosion that's been accelerating. And so now we're, you know, you sow to the wind and you reap the whirlwind. And I think that's what we're experiencing now. It's it's all part of a, a grand spiritual grand in the sense of large, I don't mean grand in the sense of magnificent, large spiritual design uh, for the devil to do what he can to, um, to, to wreak havoc with God's purposes in the world. 
And, uh, for me, I'll tell you, I, you know, Wally, you and I are like, we're, we're old timers, right? You know, so we're, you know, sooner, so. pretty soon we're going to hang up our cleats. Here's my view. I want to pass the baton and then end well. I want to pass the baton to the next generation. And I got my own team that, you know, my young guns, I call them, and they're getting older too. Uh, but they're, I'm passing the baton to them, and we are passing it, the baton to younger people, and just like you passed to your family and the people in your congregation when you were a pastor, and, and then they take over the fight. And I know this, that even if it gets hot and heavy and, t- and tough and difficult and painful, and all of those things are part of the future, I'm sure, in some measure, um, the gates of hell will not prevail. Um, yeah, I, you, well, you, yeah, you, you, you weren't on when I had my interview with Tara Schwartz about no, LifeWise. I was Canada. listening, though. And, oh, you were listening. And that's the last, that's oh, okay. one thing I wanted to say is that in, in the 50s, uh, my dad one afternoon took me to see some trailers where they were doing release time religious education in Alhambra in the 50s in California. Huh, amazing. I don't know, maybe early 60s, but probably late 50s. Yeah. Well, so the the point for me, <laughs> and one of the reasons I had Tara on is because, as I mentioned, it's it's you never know all the things that God is doing. And so... Right. We get discouraged when we look at the the war cry, so to speak, you know, the 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 those arrayed in battle array against us kind of thing. But at and, and think, okay, well, we're really up against long odds here, but we're not. There's all kinds of things that God is doing all over the country and all over the world, and and the 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 word is getting out, you know, and God is doing His thing, and I, you know, I'm glad that. You and I could be part of that for while we're here until we, you know, shuffle off this mortal coil as according to God's timing. And we make our contribution and then pass the baton to the next generation and they take over from there. So anyway, Wally, thank you for your call. Well, great talking to you. All the best to you, buddy. Have a great Christmas, too. Oh, you too. Happy Christmas to you, Wally, which, by the way, you're the first person on the air that I've wished that to. There you go. Hey, there we are. Uh, hey, say hi to Steve, too. Okay, okay. Thanks, Wally. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye. Oh, sweet call. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back with more calls here on Stand to Reason. Friends, if you like this broadcast, I know you'll love Hashtag STRask. It's our shorter 20-minute podcast where I am paired with the wonderful Amy Hall, and together we answer the questions you send us on Twitter. Hashtag STRask is released twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays, and it's only about 20 minutes long, so it's perfect to listen to on your morning jog or while driving around running errands or cleaning your garage or just plain loafing at home. Amy and I tackle your questions on theology and ethics and culture and lots more, offering our insight on the questions you're asking or the challenges you face. You can listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your own shows. Just remember, send us your questions on Twitter using the name of the podcast, hashtag STRask. That's hashtag STRask. Have you seen our brand new website? Stop by str.org and enjoy a fresh, clean layout with all the same great content. The new Stand to Reason website was designed with you in mind. 
It has an easier than ever navigation and a crisp, simple layout so you can find all the sound analysis and careful commentary that you've come to expect from us. Browse new features that make finding your favorite resources easier than ever. As always, it's our goal to equip you, our fellow Christians, with the confidence, clear thinking, and courage you need for every encounter you have as a Christian ambassador. Our new website is just one way we're fulfilling that goal, allowing you to access the resources you need in a new and improved way. So visit str.org and keep coming back to discover new podcasts, articles, and videos each and every day. All right, quick alert here. I want to make sure I get this announcement out before tomorrow, which is Wednesday, December 7th. And that is when John Noyes will be on To The Point Live, that he'll be at uh, 12 p.m. Pacific Time, that's noon. And John will be live on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. So I want you to let, uh, just want to let you know about that. You can go to str.org and scroll to the bottom of the page, and you'll f- find the hookups, the connections to uh, to our, our uh, yeah, what do you call it? Social media. <laughs> It's a tricky term. Also, uh, just want to uh, uh, offer you a challenge about this this month. This is the last month of the year. It's the most important month of the year for us at Stand a Reason. I don't talk about finances hardly ever, but I do in December, okay? And we have a team of, uh, of faithful partners that have kind of um, pooled, in a sense, their resources, their pledges, to the tune of $282,000. That's a challenge amount. Now, that's 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 pledged. They're giving that, okay? But they're putting that amount up as a challenge to you, to as a group, the rest of you, to match or certainly exceed that. And we've been doing this for a number of years. It's been a great incentive for people to, uh, uh, to help Stand a Reason out. If we have helped you... Um, I'm asking that you help us now at the end of the year. Now, we don't—I uh, have a rule here. We never ask to receive unless we've given first. First we give uh, before we ask to receive. And if we've been giving to you through the radio show, through our website, through speaking, through the books, through whatever we make available, if we've helped you, um, my encouragement is that you send a gift um, to Stand a Reason— And if you already do that, over and above what you normally give, it's December. We've got a big nut to crack here at uh, the end of this month to end in the uh, the black so that we can start out strong next year, and we're depending on you for that. You can give at str.org. I think there's a donate button somewhere there. It's easy to find. Many of you get things in the mail. You can respond uh, with that. Um, Anyway, just wanted to ask you for your help this year. And by the way, when you do give your gift this year, we're going to give you a thank you. Uh, present. It's Natasha Crane's latest book, Faithfully Different, Regaining Biblical Clarity in the Secular Culture. Uh, oh, yeah, here's the website, str.org slash donate. And uh, she spent <laughs> four or five hours, it seems like, here last week signing hundreds of books. So we're going to send you a signed copy in exchange for your gift to Stand to Reason this month. So hope to hear from you, and thank you in advance. All right, let's—what um, do I want to do here? Let's go to our open mic calls, and um, who's first here? Let's uh, let's hear from Matt. 
Hey Greg, this is Matt, and about eight weeks ago, we left the U.S. We uprooted our family, my wife and I, and our two kids to be missionaries in another country. And um, we have just decided, um, my wife and I, for health reasons and some other factors that we should go back home. And I was just wondering if you could speak to maybe some encouragement and uh, something uplifting um, means we're all kind of disappointed and right. we're, we're tired and, and uh, anxious about things. And uh, thanks. Bye. Well, thank you, Matt. And this is a tough situation. I could I could hear the disappointment in your voice. I could hear the strain in your voice to plan for a long period of time. And it takes a lot of planning to do a career move, to be a missionary in another country, to move with your family, your children, raise the support, whatever's needed, all of that, and then to have everything turn around on you in a couple of months, and you find yourself back home, has got to be really discouraging. And I, uh, first off, I'm just sympathizing with you. I understand how disappointing that that can be. And uh, I, I have not faced this exact circumstance before, but I've faced circumstances that have been deeply disappointing in my life. And um and all I could do is tell you what I would do if I was in your circumstance. And first of all, I'd be quite candid about my own anguish, just like you've been with me, Matt. Um, I mean, we're not going to take a Pollyanna kind of look at, oh, everything's wonderful. When it's not, it's hard. Now, that doesn't mean that that God isn't in charge and that that there isn't something meaningful. But when we make plans and the plans don't work out the way we plan them, and we've done them with the best intentions, we've done them with a full heart, we've done them with an attitude of trust in the Lord, and then they don't turn out, that's really hard. Um, and Paul himself talks about it in Romans chapter 1, and then towards the end of the book, he talks about his plans to go to Rome. He's been trying to go. He hasn't been able to. And uh, he doesn't count that particular circumstance, going to Rome, as a, as a closed door forever. He keeps praying about it and says, actually, if it lasts, by the will of God, I may succeed in coming to you. In other words, he sees it as a good option, and he's going to keep banging on that door to see if God would not open it. Now, if he does open it, it's going to be by his sovereign purposes. That's Paul's point. If by the will of God, by the sovereign grace of God, allow me to go. But he's still working on that plan. Now, he didn't know how it was going to work out. As it turned out, he went to Rome in chains. And when he was in Rome in chains is when he <laughs> wrote the prison epistles, all right? Uh, he was very productive, even though the plans didn't turn out initially the way he expected, and subsequently the way he expected. Nevertheless, God had a purpose for that. Now, I realize I, I run the risk of sounding a little trite when I say, oh, God's got a purpose, but it's true. 
I know that when we make plans, they don't work out. That can be hard. As one person put it, your life is like a diary in which you mean to write one story, but you write another. Um, lots of things go differently for us than what we expected or planned, sometimes better, sometimes worse. What's great about being a follower of Christ, and when I, when I, when I say great, I mean this is the ultimate redeeming virtue in a circumstance like this. That's what I mean by great. I don't mean like, isn't it fabulous, and isn't it fun, and isn't it wonderful? I don't mean that kind of great. But what's great about being a follower of Christ is that he can take any of these circumstances, and he is sovereign in the midst of them and use them for good. In fact, my suspicion is, no matter what led up to your your trip overseas and all the planning that you did and everything that went into that, Matt, uh, it's pretty clear that the door at some point got closed really tightly. And this is what eventuated in your decision to come back. Health reasons and some other things. You, I'm, I'm pretty convinced you made the right decision because your circumstances changed and you had to adjust your 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 decision making to the new circumstances a whole new set of factors came into play and you say okay given what we got this isn't what i planned on this isn't where we were where we headed this isn't what our our program included but now we're facing a whole new set of circumstances and by the way for lots of us this is this is what happens We gear up for one thing, and all of a sudden, bam, that door shuts. Well, when the door shuts strong like that, we know God's hand is in it, because God is the one who shuts—he's the one in charge of that kind of stuff. And so we don't can't go forward, then we can't go forward, just like Paul and his plans to go to Rome. Well, nope, I haven't been able to yet. Maybe God will let me. Eventually, I'm paraphrasing him, but I think that's the spirit of it. Maybe. But in the meantime, I still got profitable work I can do. And I think the same is true for us. You know, when uh, this isn't quite exactly a parallel, but after I lived in Thailand for seven months and spent some time with some people who are working with tribals in the northern part of the country up by Chiang Mai and Chiang Rai, I had a I had a determination to come back and be a missionary in northern Thailand and work with tribals, which means I had to learn Thai better than I did, much better. And I had to learn tribal languages and do all the things that are associated with that kind of arduous jungle missionary work. And in the midst of my planning, and I made a trip back to Thailand to check that stuff out, uh, I got some wise counsel from a dear friend who I haven't seen for a long time, Harry Miller, and somebody I knew in Thailand. And Harry said, what do you do best? And I said, well, I, I guess I talk best. <laughs> he said, well, then why do you want to go to some foreign country to learn another language when you could do really well right here, speaking English? Well, that was the line of thinking that convinced me to stay stateside, which decision eventually led to employment at Hope Chapel in Hermosa Beach as a staff pastor for about eight years, which eventually led to the beginning of Stand to Reason almost 30 years ago. 
So I made one set of plans. I wasn't stopped cold in my tracks like you were, Matt, but uh, I was stopped cold in my, not, not the way you were, but I was stopped cold in my tracks by a line of thinking by a dear friend who had a word of wisdom that he gave to me that I took seriously and applied it to my life, which is part of my decision-making process. And that made all the difference. And here I am, 33 years now on radio, you know, <laughs> using my mouth to speak English most of the time. So God knows, and I, I know that may be hard for you right now, Matt, uh, and other people have said it, and you know it's true, but it's still the ache in the heart. I, I, I'd I, suggest you, you know, mourn, lick your wounds a bit, understandably, but don't lick them too long because wet wounds never heal. Now it's time to ask yourself the question, and I, I know you're asking it, but I'm just offering the encouragement, okay, what next? What is it that I can do to take care of my family and to make a difference in the kingdom? Keep your eyes open. Something will present itself because God doesn't leave good, faithful workers lie fallow. All right? And I suspect you fall in that category of a good and a faithful worker. Something will present itself. Maybe it already has. I hope the words I've offered will be an encouragement to you, Matt, and to others who find themselves in the same situation. Greg Kokel here for Stand to Reason. Give them heaven, friends. Bye-bye.